Prologue He moves away from the others, their constant chat blending into a tedious, monotonous sound in his head. He's not sure if it's the jet lag, or if he's simply not interested in what's going on. It could be both. He feels elsewhere, detached. And if he yawns one more time, she'll have no hesitation in calling him out on it. They don't notice him break away from them, or if they do, they don't comment. He carries his sound equipment with him. He'd never leave it behind. Not just because of its value, but because it's a part of him by now, like another limb. It's heavy, but he's used to the weight. Oddly is comforted by it. He feels a part of him is missing without it, and walks like he's carrying the audio bag, even when he isn't, his right shoulder drooped to one side. It might mean he's found his calling as a sound recordist, but his subconscious connection to it does nothing good for his posture. He walks away from the clearing, away from the bat house, the cause of the conversation, and moves towards the forest. The fresh, cool air hits him as he reaches the edge. It's a hot June day. The sun beats down on top of his head and is baking the naked flesh at the back of his neck. The shade is inviting. A group of midges do high-speed set dancing in paths of sunlight, looking like mythical insects. The woodland floor is cushioned and springy beneath his feet, with layers of fallen leaves and bark. He can no longer see the group he left behind, and he tunes them out, filling his lungs with the scent of refreshing pine. He places the audio bag down beside him and leans the boom mic against a tree. He stretches enjoys the cracks of his limbs and flexing of his muscles. He lifts off his sweater, his t-shirt rising up with it, revealing his stomach, then ties it around his waist. He pulls the hair bobbin from his long hair and ties it up tighter in a top knot, enjoying the air on his sticky neck. Four hundred feet above sea level, he looks out over Gugon Barra and sees tree-covered mountains extending as far as the eye can see not a sign of a neighbour for miles. 142 hectares of National Park. It's peaceful, serene. He has an ear for sound, has acquired it over time, and has had to. He's learned to listen to what you don't immediately hear. He hears the birds chirping, the rustle and crack of creatures moving all around him, the low hum of a tractor in the distance, building work hidden in the trees. It's tranquil, but alive. He inhales the fresh air, and as he does, he hears a twig snap behind him. He whips around quickly. A figure darts into hiding behind a tree. Hello? He calls out, hearing the aggression in his voice at being caught off guard. The figure doesn't move. Who's there? He asks. She peeks out briefly from behind the trunk, then disappears again, like she's playing a game of hide-and-seek. An odd thing happens. He now knows he's safe, but his heart starts pounding, the reverse of what it should be doing. He leaves his equipment behind and slowly walks toward her, the crunch and snap of the floor beneath him revealing his every move. He makes sure to keep space between them, making a wide circle around the tree she hides behind. Then she comes into full view.
she tenses, as if readying herself for defence. But he holds his hands up in the air, palms flat, as though in surrender. She would almost be invisible or camouflaged in the forest if it weren't for her white blonde hair and green eyes, the most piercing he's ever seen. He's completely captivated. Hi, he says softly. He doesn't want to scare her away. She seems fragile, on the edge of fleeing, perched on her toes, ready to take off at any moment if he takes a wrong step. So he stops moving, feet rooted to the ground, hands up flat, as if he's holding up the air, or maybe it's the air that's holding him up. She smiles. The spell is cast. She's like a mythical creature.